We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dorch. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you today by a couple of different folks we'll be talking about in a bit. I am your host, Jacob Niffin. Alongside me, I've got Taylor Peterson up in Tulsa. How's it going? It's, uh, dude, so today I've been itching to play some hoops. Like, so yeah. I, I have a weekly, like, pickup run I do. Uh, at the gym that I work out at, there's basketball court, so I'll go down and play pickup after I lift sometimes. And <laughs> I like I've been wanting to hoop so bad, and I haven't yeah. been able to. Well, here and more, they've opened up the the city parks. Uh, they're encouraging social distancing and stuff, and I'm taking it very very seriously. So like I don't want to go to a park where there's a lot of people playing or, or hanging out. There's Passing this park. the ball around. Yeah, <laughs> much there's less. This, there's this park down around the corner from me. And it's got a couple of really nice goals, and I haven't seen anybody out. So today I did one of those contactless pickups from Dick Sporting Goods. I bought got myself you basketball. A, I bought myself an outdoor basketball because I wasn't going to take my inside basketball out there. Um, I dug out the the old hoop Pump. shoes I had because I'm not using the, my indoor shoes. Uh, went out and started putting up some shots. Number one, uh, the indoor outdoor ball 
has a little bit of a weird feel to it. Yeah, it's completely right? different. There's no and cushion. then like the wind outside, coupled with like the depth perception because there's nothing behind the hoop except a field, <laughs> and the fact that I haven't hooped in like a month and a half, my shit was broke, dude. <laughs> Do you get a little cardio in chasing those basketballs? Yeah, yeah, chasing my rebounds all around the place. I was like Dennis Rodman, like practicing my rebounds. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, but uh, no, I got awesome. out and, and really I got cool, some. Though. I got some uh, some individual running. Some guy showed up to the other half of the court and said, "Hey, you trying to play some twenty one?" I said, "Nope, <laughs> I'm trying to shoot by myself and stay With more than six own, feet but, away yeah. from you." That's really Thanks, funny, dude. though. But uh, That's funny. so. As as I, I probably shot around for like an hour and as That's impressive. As the time started going on, I started finding the stroke a little bit more, you know. Yeah, um, starting to get a feel for started it. Started to work on it. Started to work on that little uh you know, right hand, left foot, uh sidestep, that James Harden step back type of thing. I <laughs> uh, shot it over the backboard a few times. You know you know how but, it is. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. I usually find especially now that I just <laughs> rarely get to shoot a basketball anymore. Um I find that whenever I do, there's always this like sweet spot, usually about halfway through my, my shooting around or my pickup or whatever it is, where I've gotten to the point where I've uh, found my stroke again, but it only lasts for so long because then I just get super freaking tired. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Taylor, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but what kind of pickup play? Well, first off, you played in high school. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, so I started playing. Uh, my dad actually played um, college D two basketball. I mean, nothing major, but played D two basketball throughout school, helped pay for school and whatnot. And uh, so, from the time I was a very newborn um, baby, I basically had a basketball. You had that little tyke skull. Yeah. I, oh, not only that. There's pictures of me in my baby crib with a stuffed basketball and baseball oh, and football yeah. but i fell in love with basketball instantly because and like some of my earliest memories are um i we used to live in edmond when i was like three and four close to uh, you and Kamiar. and yeah. my dad used to play church pickup hoops because he was still young at that point and his hips and back didn't hurt him and uh, <laughs> and he was still pretty good and so some of my favorite memories are going with him and getting to like shoot around with those guys early on and then like the other night of the week you know that was probably one night of the week the other night of the week, um, me and my dad would go to my YMCA, you know, little kids, uh, basketball practices and games and stuff. And so I've been playing, I, I played basketball from the time I was four all the way through like my sophomore year of high school, mainly because I went to a huge 6A school out here at Owasso and I wasn't going to see any playing time, uh, but I continued to play throughout high school, just like you, you kind of said casually, but then college happens and uh, I just got super busy between starting to focus on uh, my future career and working and trying to schoolwork. And then, you know, I, I met my wife who was then my girlfriend and all the college things. And so I haven't played basketball in a long time. Um, the most basketball I get anymore is just shooting outside at my parents' house when I go to visit with my younger brother. But um, but yeah, no, I, I've been a basketball fan for a long time, not to go into like my whole history or anything, yeah. but haven't played pickup in a while. So, answer. but when, whenever you do play pickup, everybody has that style of pickup who oh, they are. Three and D from the time I was, well, I shouldn't say from the time I was that young. When the time you're that young, everybody just walks around with, with the ball and jacks up shots. But <laughs> probably from like fourth grade on, I was three and D. I was a great defender, really good defender, very sound defensively. Uh, a lot of the times I could switch on to bigger players and hold my own and do a good job and like draw fouls. Uh, but I was never super strong growing up. And so because of that, I always kind of stayed around the perimeter. But I developed a really good outside jumper. <laughs> um, 
and it was reliable whenever I was open, but that was the issue. It's like a lot of times I was playing against bigger, taller players, and so trying to get open and uh, and find that shot. So I, I, towards the end of my career, I started getting a little more crafty and being able to go around ball screens and uh, moving off ball and it, like it being in shape for starters <laughs> yeah. to be able to do that and find your shot. So I was Dude, the guys like JJ Reddick are animals, man. Yeah, it, I was never never that, uh, but definitely a three and D guy. Okay, so you weren't never like a ball handler. I mean, I, I like again growing up, fourth, fifth, middle school. Um, I could bring the, I could bring the ball up and be fine. I could dribble and drive and dish. I was that was the other thing. I was a really good passer. I had really good uh, yeah, really good vision. But that, that's um, my pickup game. Is I'm I'm the passer. Like you got to yeah. be ready whenever you play with me because yeah, right. But like, I can never drive. I, the I'm rim. always looking to like find the cutter, find the roller, exactly. drive and kick. Yes. Or I could like catch the ball down low and then make like a no look pass to uh, one of our big men who was coming off, you know, coming down to the other block. Uh, but yeah, I, I never could, never could drive and finish around the rim. When I'm really in my bag in a pickup game and I'm really feeling it, I've got kind of that confidence going. I'll, I'll pull out the whole uh, like right to left crossover, take one dribble down the lane, and then whip it behind my back <laughs> to the guy in the corner. Oh yeah, the Chris get those Paul. ones going. Woo boy, or you're Russell in trouble. Westbrook. You're you're in trouble. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Taylor. Uh, well, today we are at week three of our ranking the best Thunder players in history. Uh, se- not a segment, but our series, I guess. Yep. We've done centers and power forwards. If you guys haven't already listened to those two, we had a blast. Both so make sure, were, yeah, yeah make sure deep. you go back Very and you deep. listen. Uh, centers, you and I were were pretty much identical on. Power forwards, we had uh, a pretty good difference. We, yep. we kind of varied. Um, and then today's going to be wild. Today we're doing small <laughs> forwards. Uh, next week we'll be, we'll be doing shooting guards, and then we'll finish it off with point guards. I think the guards are going to be the maybe the funnest ones. The most um, fun and probably the toughest to rank as well. Like it, yeah. It's going to be very yeah. close, and there's a lot of options. Exactly. Whereas today um, there were not so many options. 100%, yeah. So uh, – Quick little aside as we get started here, we in, in choosing our pool of eligible small forwards that we could rank for the top five small forwards in Oklahoma City history, we looked through basketball reference. We looked back through all the seasons of basketball in Oklahoma for the Thunder. We, we're not doing the Hornets. And if they are listed as a small forward, we put them on the list. But then we started noticing like a lot of guys that traditionally played shooting guard in Oklahoma City played one season of small forward. So take Andre Robertson, for example. Four out of his five seasons, he played shooting guard. The one season where he played more small forward than shooting guard was the season uh, after KD left. We didn't feel comfortable putting Dre in the small forward category. We felt more comfortable putting him in shooting guard. So we're going to – Dre is going to be on our list next week we did we also didn't want and taylor i think you're you're with me on this yep. we didn't want to double dip we didn't want dre to be both a small forward this week and a shooting guard next week agreed so even it made for an an, uh, an interesting ranking this week still don't want to do that i'm with you it's it's yeah gonna be much yeah more fun throwing to dre in there what would, would definitely have made this week a little more interesting uh but so guys that are listed as at least one season of small forward but they're not making an appearance on our list today uh, Andre Robertson, Jeremy Lamb, and Terrence Ferguson. Most of their minutes in Oklahoma City have come at the shooting guard, so that's where we're going to rank them at. So yep. you, they will not be making appearances today, even though this season Ferg is a 
small forward. Uh, even though that, that one season, Dre was a small forward, even though Jeremy Lamb was kind of a tweener, uh, we're putting all of them in the shooting guard category for next week. Perfect. Uh, yep. Also, there were some shooting guards that we just left off the list just because, frankly, they didn't spend long enough time in Oklahoma City. Small forwards. <laughs> Did I say shooting guards? My you said bad. shooting guards, but yep. I know what you mean. Yeah, so small um, forwards. Karam uh, Butler. Karam Butler. Example. Uh, Ryan Gomes played like five games or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so he, he didn't make the cut. Um, Doug McDermott played like 20 something games. So we didn't put him on the list. Uh, and so with all that being said, it's a pretty damn narrow list. (laughs) You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Taylor. One thing I realized whenever we were going through, uh, individually and ranking, whenever I was doing my rankings, the Thunder and their entire existence, there have only been two seasons where they had a different starting small forward than Kevin Durant or Paul George. Yep. Two seasons. One was this the, year, uh, this year, and the season that Kevin Durant left. Exactly. And this year, I mean. <laughs> it's been a I rotating guess, door. It, it, who do you call our small forward this year? Um, is it Ferg? Is it Shea? Is it Shea? Right, exactly. You know, so yeah, definitely. Um, so real quick, tell our listeners, uh, we've done this in the previous two editions of the series, but real quick, uh, how you went about making your top five, Taylor. So uh, just kind of my, my five stats that I have. I have counting stats, which are pretty obvious. Again, we won't dive into that. Um, you guys can go and listen to our centers ranking, Thunder Centers ranking podcast if you guys want to uh, get a little more detail there. Defensive impact. Again, this is kind of a combination of the few defensive stats that are actually available to uh, kind of comprehend and, and, and go through and, and track even just on a player level. And then the other half of that is just eye test and uh, kind of what we've seen as fans and analyzing the game of basketball as we've covered the team and uh, just also you know kind of what, what we've heard um it, what you hear of teammates and coaches talk about this player defensively you know maybe the best example of that would be Stephen Adams you always hear players and coaches talk about how great of a defense player Stephen Adams is so all that goes into consideration of my defensive impact have advanced stats as well, which is pretty obvious um, going on to basketball reference and other sites and looking up advanced stats. Culture and locker room impact. Today actually is a little different than how I've ranked this in the past. Um, I know, Jacob, like you have some similar categories here that lets you get into. You viewed it a little differently, but the way I viewed it today was how they were viewed during their time in Oklahoma City, not so much how they're viewed today, because that helped me a little more when ranking some of these players. And then it, mainly because of the huge discrepancy, as we mentioned um, after about number two on this list. And then finally, I have fan favorite ranking, uh, which is just kind of a half my personal opinion and how I, I would rank them as a fan. And also uh, the other half, it's just you know, being in tune with Thunder Twitter and Thunder social media and seeing all the fans uh, talk about these players and talking to other Thunder fans, etc. So then Beautiful. take the average um, and rank them accordingly. Beautiful. Uh, so mine are basic stats, advanced stats, just like you. I have eye test. Uh, th- this is obviously very um, opinionated. This is a very it- – it's just my perspective. I have locker room slash culture. Uh, and I like to look at that as far as when they were here, not when they were gone. Uh, impact on the franchise. Uh, that kind of goes with locker room and culture, but it's like how locker room and culture is how they operated with their team. Uh, the impact on the franchise is how did they move 
Oklahoma City forward, and then I take all five of those. Um, I rank them uh, one through whatever, and then I average out just like you. Uh, a couple of notes. When looking at stats and advanced stats, we're only looking at their time with OKC, not True. before or after. True. Right. So, Taylor, before we get to number five, real quick, how many – so, like, you start to, like, gather information. You start to gather these stats. And then you kind of start to get an idea of who's going to be your top five, but maybe you have, like – six seven eight nine people that you that you start to rank to really start to figure it out how many people did you have to rank today to really figure out who the top five were so i like because because before i even start looking up stats there's some players that i can just exactly yeah i can just mark them off the list right right and um for centers like i pretty much was able to pick my top five that i knew was going to be the top five and then rank them accordingly um power forwards i did six and included mellow who ended up being my six and didn't make the top five today um i pretty much had like six or seven and the first like those last six or the, the last two the sixth and the seventh i pretty much just looked at like counting in advance and just counted them out immediately and yeah. didn't waste my time the rest of the way and so because of like you said the, the disparity here i pretty much just went with this five after looking at counting stats in advance and just went forward <laughs> i had so in centers i had five i knew who the five top centers in thunder history were it's just where to place them power forwards i think i had six today i had to go through seven players yep i had to fully flesh out all the stats all the information rank them and then look at my rankings okay and, see uh, i didn't go all the through with my rankings on six and seven well, i'll just yeah, we'll uh, we'll get deep in this, but all yeah. right, Taylor. Well, I will let you go first. Um, who is the number five best forward, small forward, in Oklahoma City Thunder history? So this this one's tough. I feel like we're going to be so over the board on this one. I'm really excited that, that our list probably won't match. Um, and I'm going to be pissed when our lists are exactly the same. And our longtime uncontested listeners are going to call me bias, and I know they're going to. And you already know who I'm talking about now. And this guy isn't even really a small forward. He's essentially a shooting guard, but because of his t- the only two years he's played in Oklahoma City and the personnel that we've had, he's played backup small forward. So Hamadou Diallo is my number oh, five. Oh, nice! <laughs> Which is so sad in a nutshell because Hamadou Diallo, for hey, starters, can I tell is a you shooting a guard. Yeah? Um, Hami's on my list. Oh boy, but he's not five. He's not five. <laughs> Man, this is you're gonna love ugly. me after this podcast, Taylor. Yes, I'm tell hyping up your boy. All right, tell so tell me, me about more. Homie. So uh, counting stats, I had him at four. Defensive impact, I had him at five. Um, mainly because I the last two that <laughs> when I was ranking in this category, I looked at stats at this point, and um, the other player I had above him in this category had a little bit better defensive stats and so i went ahead and stuck homie at five advanced stats homie stats aren't very great i had him at five uh, but culture and locker room impact i had him at four and fan favorite ranking i had him at three so overall he ranks four overall just kind of to uh to look at his his counting stats though that have been pretty solid 4.8 points off the bench again for two years shoot a, a year and three quarters really not even two full seasons and we saw him to uh, continue to get better that is uh, one reason I had him there. Also, his rebounds, particularly when you take into consideration a lot, the the bottom three players on our list are probably going to be backup small forwards because of how long Kevin Durant was in, in OKC and Paul George, um, those two years that he was here. Um, 
2.5 true rebounds was much higher than many of the small forwards on this list, which is kind of sad. But also, I was kind of surprised, Jacob. Hami's uh, field goal efficiency, quite a bit higher than I expected, and even ranks higher than some of these other players. So um, 46.7% true, uh, or sorry, field goal efficiency rating for his time in OKC these two seasons is quite a bit higher than you would think. It's just his three-point percentage and three-point attempts is just non-existent. Yeah. 18.6% from three on 0.7 attempts. So basically he's not shooting three-pointers, which we already knew that. But anyways, um, that's that why I had him where I had him at counting. His advanced stats are not nearly as great, but I'll let you get into some of that. All right, yeah. And um, so so I'll, I'll talk about Hami a little bit here uh, after a while, whenever we get yep. to him on my list. But as far as just straight field goal percentage, uh, Hami out of the top seven for me, Hami is second in field goal percentage, only behind Kevin Durant. Interesting. Okay. Hami's at forty-five percent. Durant. I was is busy at looking at all the other stats. That's fair. Um, That's so, but but obviously Hami's is probably going to be higher because almost all of his shots come at the rim. And these are averages taken off of uh, only two seasons as well. Exactly. L- exactly. Less, less attempts. Okay, you ready for my number five? I am. I'm excited. It's probably going to be my so, number four. My number five. Uh, his total ranking was a 4.4. Okay. My number four's total ranking was a 4.2. And my number Jacob, three was up. a 4.0. So they're up. all right there. Hami was actually my number four. I'm sorry. God, God so I had him listed Taylor. out here, but I didn't look at my ranking. Jesus Christ. Hami man. was my four. Sorry. Okay. You go ahead. All right. Well, maybe my, my number five <laughs> is your number five. Uh huh. Cause. Oh yeah. Okay. My number five is Perry Jones. The third. Oh, see, okay, I had Kyle Singler over Perry. Oh, Perry's, my God, no, my Taylor, six. no. I know, I know. Sorry, I, I completely messed this up. Homie was my four, Kyle Singler was my five. All right, well, uh, we're, we'll just spare everybody the Kyle Singler talk. How about that? <laughs> that is so fair. All right, so Perry Jones, we'll talk about Perry Jones a bit. He's my number five on this list. Um, counting stats, I had him sixth of seven. Uh, advanced stats, I Me had too. him fourth of seven. I test fifth, locker room and culture, fourth. An impact on the franchise six. Okay, uh, so you had him ranked a little higher. So for advanced stats, I had him um, at. I mean, he was pretty much six across the board. Uh, I even looked at defensive impact. I was looking at some of his defensive stats. Also, he struggled defensively, and some of that was because of injuries. Um, fan favorite, he might rank a little higher than. I, he'd rank higher on our list because we like Perry, and he came on the podcast one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no bias overall, there at all. Exactly. But overall, I don't know how high Thunder fans would rank him. So anyways, uh, he ended up ranking sixth on, on my list. Um, I had Kyle Singler a little higher, mainly because I thought his counting stats and his advanced stats uh, were a little better. Uh, I actually had oh, Singler interesting. So, so counting stats. stats for Perry Jones, 3.4 points, 1.8 rebounds, 0.4 assists. Compa- so 3.4, 1.8, 0.4. Yep. Compare that to Singler, 3.2, 1.8, 0.4. Yeah, true. They're almost identical. True. Um, almost big and, and difference. I looked at his uh, field goal efficiency. What, what was Perry Jones? So on just field goal percentage, that that's what I looked at. Oh, Perry okay. was okay. at a 42, Kyle at a Fair, 38. Yep, 37.8. Um, field goal efficiency, though, um, I had Kyle at 44.8, which is pretty solid. Um, but again, I I probably should have looked at field goal percentage overall compared to just the field goal efficiency. Uh, and also, I looked at three point percentage. Perry did not shoot very many three pointers with OKC no, Thunder. No, point nine a game and shot twenty nine percent on them. Kyle's not a whole lot better. Um, yeah, thirty one percent. Yeah. So Kyle it's actually funny because 
if you just looked at the numbers, Perry and Kyler are Ky- Kyler Kyle <laughs> uh, are very very similar. Yeah, uh, very similar. I Perry edged out Singler for me. Um, Singler was uh, number seven on the eye test out of seven. Fair. Uh, <laughs> what shoot? Perry would rank higher on eye test for me just because. Yeah, yeah. He Perry ranked those fifth on eye test for me. He was the um, next Kevin Durant. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but I want to move on. Talk a little bit more about Homie because you've already spoken on Homie. He was my number four. Okay, sorry. He was okay. also my number four, and basically, so so uh, our number fives were off. I had Perry Jones. You had Homie, uh, or you I had, had uh, Kyle. Kyle. Sorry, yep. we both had Diallo for fourth. Correct. Um, Diallo stats. I had him fifth. Uh, advanced stats. I had him fifth. I test. I have him third. Okay, that's interesting. Just the aggressiveness, the athletic ability, the um, the confidence. Just kind of all of it. He looks like he belongs on a basketball court. Agreed. Right. He really looks like he belongs he actually, on a basketball. He court. actually impacts the game, and you can see that. You know, that's a part of the eye test. You can see him impacting the game when he comes onto the floor. Definitely. Um, locker room and culture. I have him at fifth, and then impact on the franchise. Maybe this just speaks to how poor the crop of small forwards are. But I have him at number three. Yeah. Okay. So and I, I had think I, my at my four my reasoning my def, my. Defending my answer there, Hami was a mid-second round pick. I think he was actually the exact mid-second round pick, pick 45. Right, and the Thunder traded up. Thunder uh, traded for him. They they made a trade to get that pick. And Hami is one of the case studies you look at whenever people talk about the Thunder development uh, within the front office and within the coaching staff. Hami, an incredibly raw athlete who really lacks a lot of basketball skill and just makes up with it with raw athleticism, that the coaching staff has started to refine that athleticism into a tangible skill on the court. Uh, Also, putting him in positions to succeed where he's just that bench energy guy that works his ass off, rebounds, and runs really, really hard. And so I think his impact on the franchise really highlights what this franchise prides themselves on. And so for that, uh, he is kind of the instrument for the impact, if that makes sense. And Russ liked him um, his last season when he was here, uh, which was Hami's first season. Um, All the guys on this team this year really like Hami. He has great relationships with everybody. Um, He's a great interview. You know, the media seems to really like him, even though he's he's laid back and kind of quiet. He's not necessarily – you know, he, he stand office or anything. He's he's always open to to media interviews, and it just seems like a, a great guy all around. Um, so I'm with you there. I think that's a good point. I actually had him as three, and again uh, on my fan favorite ranking. And again, um, a lot of that's biased because I love Homie, but also it's easy to get behind him. And, and just again, the, exactly. And the, part and of this the, is just the crop exactly, is so bad. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was about to say. Yep, it's it's really bad. Yeah, really. Bad. So all right. Well, Taylor, before we get on to number three. Let's tell our friends where they can uh, go bet money from their stimulus checks. That's true. Um, I actually got mine today, thankfully. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Um, so maybe I should go on to betonline.ag and play some bets because currently there's no NBA, no NHL or, or MLB, but we might be getting closer. We'll see. You guys might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. 
our exclusive partner Bet Online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. I actually got an email from them today about their 24/7 blackjack, so be sure to get on there, subscribe because they'll give you, they'll continue to send you guys email updates and, and keep you guys in the loop. Are you guys missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, which have been pretty crazy during this whole pandemic, and also the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which is pretty awesome. They're all open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Uh, all right, Taylor, I will go first uh, this time around. We are on number three best small forward in Thunder history. I'm I'm afraid to even say this name because people are going to think I'm crazy. I, we're, we're either spot on here or completely way off. Like you're either about to say somebody who's my number three or somebody who's not on my list at all. I don't uh, honestly, most of the time I feel pretty confident. Yeah. This one again, I think I just have to chalk this up to this being just such a poor crop of players. I think we're on the same page here. I went with Abdul Nader. I did as well. Oh my, my gosh, yeah! And, I, and when I put him there, I was having the same thought you did. And it just, first of all, like, obviously this is still fresh in Thunder fans' minds. It's still fresh in both of our minds. And, you know, back when Russ and PG were playing together those two years, it was a little different. We had Melo that first year, but honestly not so much because Melo just we had didn't the corpse of Melo. Much. Exactly, exactly. So it was, have it you, was always... Have you a, seen these memes, this meme that's going around? That says uh, when North Korea brings out their great leader and uh, it shows the guy that's like blacked out on the ropes course and his body's <laughs> just kind of like getting slung around. That um, was Mello his first season in o- or his only that, season That was Mello's season in OKC. <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. That's really great. Don't, don't tell uh, me I'm wrong because I'm not. You're not. <laughs> that's awesome. Because <laughs> I have seen that beam. I know what you're talking about. Our video, I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, um, but, but so, yeah, so Nader at three, man. That So it just, it made me um, think like, like I said, it, it was still recent enough in my mind that I remember half, you know, that how we always talked about the need to stagger PG and Russell Westbrook because we didn't have any depth on the wing. And then, which made me flash back even further to the Kevin Durant days. Well, you've got to stagger KD and Westbrook because there's no depth on the wing. And today our podcast right now and going through this list of players just absolutely proves it. Yep. So Abdul Nader on stats, I had him at third. Mm-hmm. On advanced stats, I had him at third. Me as well. Okay, good. Um, I want to talk about that real quick. Nader, 4.8 points a game, 1.8 rebounds, half an assist, 44% from the field, 35% from three on two attempts a game. Now, the only player, so he averages the same amount of points as Diallo. The only other small forward who averaged more points than Nader, besides obviously the two big ones, right? Lance Thomas. Yep. Lance Thomas had more points, more rebounds, more assists, but Nader shoots 8% better from the field than Lance Thomas. Lance Thomas did not attempt any threes and shot 36% from the field. And the thing that blew me away uh, on counting stats and something that um, we really have seen more of this season, and I think if we had looked at this list last year, probably wouldn't be as high, 
but again, he's had a much better year this year, and we've become more and more Nader fans, I think, compared to exact, especially compared to where we were last year. But fifty-two point one percent field goal efficiency rating is uh, pretty wild. That's solid, yeah. Uh, advanced stats: Nader has the third highest PER out of all seven of my players. Mm-hmm, so my too. seven, the obviously top two that we're gonna get to: Hami, P, uh, PJ three, Lance Thomas, Kyle Singler. Uh, Nader has the highest PER besides the big two. And it's a solid PER. Like, that's not yeah. terrible. Yeah, he's got a 10, 10 PER. On the dot. Uh, his, his best season for offensive win shares, 0.4, which is the best outside of the top three. His best season for defensive win shares, 0.9, which is best outside of the top the top duo. Uh, his, win share, his best win share season ever um, – Actually, Perry Jones had a better one. But then Vorp, uh, he's got the best Vorp outside of the top two. <laughs> Zero so, on the dot. <laughs> so he kind of, yeah, he kind of just dominates uh, all these other guys in advanced stats. Which is stats. so sad because those advanced stats outside of his shooting, which is, are incredible numbers, um, true shooting percentage. I, I, I mentioned his field goal efficiency. True shooting of 55.2. Just sorry, true shooting percentage of 55.2. Like, he's an incredible shooter, and that's what he's done for OKC, especially this season. But the fact that uh, a .067 average win share for for 48 minutes, uh, you mentioned some of his offensive win shares and defensive win shares. Basically, he only won those categories because he was positive in those categories. The others were negative, which is horrendous. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but Nader hasn't been bad this season. Like as the season's gone on and as he's got his Agreed. opportunities, like I'm never going to start Abdul Nader on my team, but right. he's a solid like ninth or 10th guy to have on your bench in the NBA. Exactly. You know, he's a solid guy to, to play 10 to 12 minutes for you a night. If you're a team like the thunder, you know, he's never going to find minutes on a team like the Clippers or anything like that, but He's he's solid. He's fine. And he can give you solid minutes. Yeah, even defensively. Um, his defensive stats compared, like you said, to the other uh, two or three or four uh, players on this list um, ranked you know, favorably. And he can hold his own. Uh, he, he's gotten better. We've seen improvement, particularly this season so far on the defensive end. You know, he has that length, that strength, and that versatility um, that he's starting to be able to use a little more to his advantage. He just doesn't quite have that defensive instinct uh, but for culture locker room impact i had him at three just because i think he is you know, he is a little more vocal than some of these other guys I mean, he will speak up some um i i wouldn't be surprised if he does have some uh a little more voice than some of these other guys did in the locker room and because of that i think that's a good thing but i have him at fourth overall my fan favorite ranking just because there's such a like you mentioned at the beginning of this little disc like the little disclaimer that you had there's a little bit of a negative uh perception around nader because of his first yeah. year with okc yeah definitely uh i had him fourth on impact on the franchise okay uh, that means he ranked higher than three other guys he ranked higher than perry jones than lance thomas and kyle singler um again boston kind of they were going to cut this guy and the thunder said wait send him to us we'll try it out and he came so he wasn't good enough to play in boston came to Oklahoma City and found time, found minutes, and he worked his tail off. And again, I just think it goes to kind of show he's an example of what this franchise wants to be, which is where guys can come and work hard and reshape their image. And develop. uh, Can become better players, can develop. I'm talking Jeremy Grant. I'm talking Hamadou Diallo. I'm talking Nerlens Noel. I'm talking Abdul Nader. 
right? He kind of falls in this category. And so his impact on the franchise, he's making the Thunder front office and coaching staff look really good because of the perception of Nader coming in as a basketball player and then where he's at now. Right, exactly. That's uh, I, I had him there for the exact same reason. So I think we're pretty spot on here. I knew it when you, when you first said that. It, it was either going to be the exact same player, Abdul Nader, or it was going to be somebody completely off my list, like Lance Thomas or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Taylor, let's move on to number two. The second best small forward in Thunder history. So I know we're spot on, and uh, yeah. I know that our listeners probably know who's coming next, but none other than Paul George himself. But Paul, so interesting thing about ranking Paul George, across every category, he got number two. Okay, so I actually had him one in one category, but I think if you would have had my category that I ranked him one at, um, you would have placed him one there as well. D- defense. So you have yep, one at defense. Defensive impact. And yep, one hundred percent. The stats match it, and obviously the eye test as well, and the um, um, just the the impact that he has defensively. It's just it, it, you hear all about it, you see it, and the, the stats back it up. So I had him two counting stats, um, two advanced stats, two locker room culture because he did kind of take that wingman role to Russ his two years here in OKC and fan favorite, especially his time here in OKC. He was always two behind Russ. 100%. Totally agree with you. Uh, As far as stats for Paul George, 25.6.9 rebounds, 3.7 assists a game, 43% from the field. This number blew my mind. 39% from three on almost nine attempts a game. He got those things up, and he was good at hitting them. Uh, and I remember him almost, hitting them too, especially yeah, his, nine his attempts second per game. year in OKC. So t- basically 25-7-4 and four in his time in OKC. That is very, very impressive. Very. Um, you know, I'm going to say this, and I might sound like a total jackass saying this, <laughs> and so if I do, whatever. Is it crazy to think that as early as next season and moving forward, Shea can average 25, 7, and 4? Is that wild? Because mm. what's Shea averaging right that's now? That's what like I was about to say. Don't make me pull three? up. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Uh, I should know this because we did this, or actually we haven't done this one yet, um, but we did do the redraft that Shea was a part of, and I should know this. So I'm stalling. As I pull up his stats. I got it right here. So, Shay, <laughs> this season, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. I think that's a little bit of a stretch to say he'll be doing that at the end of next year, but two years That's from only now, 6 points more a game, 1 rebound a game, and 1 assist a game more. But do you really think we're going to be able to – now we're going down a rabbit hole and going back to our, our um, habitual uh, Thunder ways, but – Thunder podcasting ways, but um, – do you really think that Chris Paul, Dennis Shooter, and Gallo are all going to be gone at the beginning of next season? Because if so, and he's doing this from the very, he, you know, he's a, the sole guy from the very beginning of the season. If one of the two 100%. point guards are gone, I'm put it on the books, baby. If one of the okay, two point guards are gone, he's going to average 25, 7, and 4 next year. That's a little spicy, but gosh, I would uh, love every second of that. Shea's shooting 35% <laughs> from three on three and a Ooh. half attempts a game. So he's got a, a, a while to go to match Paul so George So what you're there. telling me is since he's pretty much played small forward, quote unquote, uh, started at small forward this season, we should throw him in at our list <laughs> for tonight's uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, so, but, but uh, man, Paul George, just those stats are insane. Let's look they at advanced stats real quick. His, he's got a PER of 21. 
That that, that was huge. The um, the next guy closest to him is Nader at a ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven offensive win shares. Uh, that's his best season in OKC. Four point nine defensive win shares for eleven point nine for his best win share season, and a six point six VORP. Um, the advanced stats tell you exactly what you think about Paul George. He is an elite basketball player, mm-hmm. and he's efficient. He's so efficient. Yep, absolutely elite. Um, locker room culture. I had him at two and impact on the franchise. I had him at two impact yep. on the franchise. He re-signed in Oklahoma city when he could have gone anywhere else. And when 365 days before that, he was very vocally saying he wanted to go to Los Angeles. Exactly. And, look, and he signed and stayed in Oklahoma city. And if he had not done that, he, he could have just left that off season and gone straight to LA. And we would not be talking about Shagulis Alexander and the plethora and, and, draft picks. Yeah, and five million picks. Exactly. You Instead, know, yeah, so we're now talking about a year later. The fact that he re-signed here, um, one of the biggest decisions uh, in Thunder history. Mm-hmm. It's it's right next to Russ signing the extension after KD walked. Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. right. So um, his impact on the franchise is, is overly apparent. And then locker room and culture – um, although he it does seem like he took a little bit of a step back and, and let Russ kind of run the show. Um, I think he was a lead by example kind of guy. Agreed. Um, I think he held people accountable and I think, uh, also, I think his teammates really respected him. They did respect him, uh, especially guys like Terrence Ferguson, who I think yeah, still I, hold a relationship with him today. You see them like interacting on social media. Um, also he, he told the media <laughs> what they wanted and the fans what they wanted which at the time was great for the first year and a half or so until about halfway through the second year we're like eh you probably shouldn't be saying that right now you guys are kind of going through a slump and um like you could kind of see through it um but he he always kind of you know just kind of a straight talker and and tells you what you want to hear and because of that you know i yeah i had him ranked pretty high in terms of fan favorite and like you said and uh, impact on the culture yeah so uh it was it was pretty easy for me to choose him at at number two. There Ooh, was no choose him. There, there was no it's like good. Yeah, there you go. Good transition, Boots. but you know what? You know another good transition. Um, seeing our number one and number two guys on this listing, those stats kind of get me uh get me excited, Jacob. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> guys, are you looking to last longer? Go a few extra rounds. Gut to bluechew.com. Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew, C-H-E-W.com has the first ever chewable that brings you performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in a pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. You just got to pay $5 to ship it. Again, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. And use that promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Taylor, number one. Number this is, one. Uh, this is pretty easy to do. Pretty easy. Got to go with the Ryan Gomez. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Glad, glad we agree on number one. <laughs> 
Yep. Five games in Oklahoma <laughs> City, but God damn <laughs> Those it, were they stats impactful. were incredible. Uh, Kevin Durant gets number one on every category across my board. I, w- when I was going through these, Jacob, like I, I, I obviously we we followed and we fell in love with the Kevin Durant era of OKC. I will always claim, however, that there are old tweets and Facebook posts or whatever you want to call them from back in the day showing that I always favored uh, Russell Westbrook was always my favorite player. So I just want got the receipts. Known. I had the receipts. However. Um, I always knew Kevin Durant was one of the most incredible players to ever play the game of basketball watching him during his time in OKC. But going through these stats today still just blew me away. And a lot of that is kind of um, because of his perception and everything that's happened since his departure from OKC, which I'm willing to admit. Again, a little bit of bias there. But I was just kind of blown away looking at those stats. Like It's crazy to think that Kevin Durant once uh, averaged a 50-40-90 season. You know? Yeah, and, man. Um, just that was his MVP year and just some of the incredible feats that he had, but he did it for so long and so consistently. I mean, six seasons in OKC, I believe in Seattle, if I uh, am remembering this off the top of my head, before I go back to basketball reference, but the fact that he was able to do that for so long and I'll let you get into some of these stats, but it was just kind of blew me away. I just kind of wanted to lead off with that. Yeah, definitely. So Kevin Durant in his time in Oklahoma city, 27.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists, which is wild because Paul George was 25, 7, and 3.7. So rebounds and assists for those two guys, basically the same. Points, Kevin Durant averaged two more per game. Uh, The big thing is field goal percentage. KD shot 48% from the field, 38% from three on nearly five attempts a game. Also, I said six seasons. I meant nine. That's what I meant. (laughs) Um, And then when you break this down season by season, I mean, his best season in OKC – 32 points a game his best rebounding season in okc um eight rebounds a game his best assist season 5.5 a game and the uh, thing his, I, the thing i love about basketball references it it bolds those numbers for you so you can see them uh, throughout that player's career yeah they're all with okc every single uh, one of them 29.8 yeah, player oh sorry i'm on advanced now but a 29.8 player efficiency rating is a 2013 2014 season which absurd. is absurd like what they, there's just some of these stats like you said that just blow you away it's just absurd Crazy. uh he shot he shot uh 51 from the field that's wild in 2012 2013 like just insane um 90 yeah, his per his, his per for his entire time in okc a 25 which is four points better than paul george and paul george was very efficient good. exactly Offensive win shares. This blows my mind. Paul George's best offensive win share season in Oklahoma City, he ranked at a 7.0. Kevin Durant's was a 14.8. That's insane. Over double. Absolutely insane. Although we know Paul George is a better perimeter defender, Kevin Durant has the higher defensive win share as well. Yep. That's a good point. Uh, for single season. When, uh, overall win shares, Paul 11.9, KD 19.2. The the one downside you look at uh Kevin Durant's defensive box uh defensive player box minus and it was less than Paul George's but his overall his highest uh box plus minus that he had for with OKC was ten, for his entire career was ten point two and his highest warp was nine point six which is just insane. Yep. So uh, obviously his uh, impact on the franchise. Uh, both positively and negatively, he he's number one. Yep. Right. He impacted the franchise so massively when he left. But while he was here, 
you know, I, a lot of jokes get made now, and I don't know the answer, but KD basically just like word poops all over himself all the time now. Yeah. In the media. Never happened in Oklahoma City. Now, was he not like that in Oklahoma City, or did the Thunder keep kind of keep him protected from himself? It seems I don't like know. he was protected from himself, and I don't want to spoil um, The Victory Machine by Ethan Strauss, who just an incredible book, by the way. But one of the uh, biggest things that stuck out to me from that um, that book was that the whole MVP speech that we all ate up and thought was so genuine and incredible. Um, Thunder PR guy Matt Tumbleson was actually the one who wrote the majority of that and just small things like that that just like make you think okay okay so he did protect him from himself or protected him from the media and the outside world more than we realize interesting um, so yeah that's really fascinating very um but but still the positives of his impact on the franchise he was I mean I, I said Russ was my favorite and that was just because that, that that's kind of the player the the style of play I fell in love with but Kevin Durant was the number one guy hands down for the when Kevin Durant was here and you thought Oklahoma City Thunder you thought Kevin Durant you might have said Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook but it was never Russell Westbrook it was never yeah, Russell Westbrook 100%. and Kevin Durant locker room and culture he's number one yep. there, there's really no debate about it right just from from the early days of Thunder U with he and Russ and and Jeff Green as as Taylor would say grandfather Jeff Green <laughs> Uh, instead times. of Uncle Jeff, um, j- just everything about him from early on, uh, he he was just the 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 face of the franchise. He was the locker room guy. When Russ would Russ was a very like I'm gonna yell at you like shoot the effing ball. KD was a lot more of the uh, the kind. Put your arm like, around you. Hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm e- seeing. Exactly, and. Although that kind of changed after he yeah. left OKC. Okay, so he turned into a little more rust, and it was a little more – I think that's the biggest – again, I'm going to take us completely off topic here, but like it it didn't really fit who we really thought he was. Maybe that that wasn't who we thought – maybe he isn't who we thought he was, but my whole perception and kind of the things that I've read and that I've seen is like he forced that persona, the, almost like that Russell Westbrook persona, a little bit more when he left because he wanted to try and change the uh, – like I keep using the word persona, but the perception of, of who he was. And so, uh, but you're right. When he was in OKC, he wasn't that guy. He was the guy who was putting your, his arm around you and uh, pointing things out to you on the floor and, you know, encouraging you and telling you, hey, next time I pass you the ball, you're going to shoot the next shot. Not that Russell wasn't, but especially early on in Russ's career, um, you know, he was a little more negative. Uh, he he kind of had to learn to be that leader to build those guys back up rather than just tear them down and kind of get onto them. So they kind of balance each other out really well there. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, I don't know how anyone could argue against Kevin Durant being the number one small forward in Thunder history. Agreed. I, I, and, it's you just know, not possible. And that's the other thing, too. I, I, I just Another thing that stood out to me the most, looking at these stats and seeing everything that went on, like he, he really kind of runt his perception and career making the choices that he did because we just – didn't get to we kind of were robbed of of prime kd because of that it, 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 again i think royce young talked about this on ladies dream team but like he could have gone to another team and we still would have gotten to see prime kd and see him at his peak and see him perform at these ridiculous uh put up these ridiculous stats and perform at this ridiculously high level and cement his his legacy and the all-time greats which he kind of already has but 
to a lesser extent now, just looking back on these stats, I realized just how incredible and mind-blowing some of the things that he was doing in OKC were. And uh, yeah. I really encourage Thunder fans to go back. <laughs> if you if you choose to, to go back and look at some of these stats that he put up, some of the averages that he had, and look at some of those highlights, because the things that he was doing back then is not the same that, that we were really seeing when he was with Golden State. And um, this is kind of leading into a hot take that I've been saving and I'll continue to save because I don't think, I still don't think now's the time, but um, I don't think we'll ever see KD at, at that level ever again. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of looking up his stats and kind of looking up his highlights, off the top of your head, Taylor, and, and we didn't plan for this or anything, this is kind of uh, ad-libbing here, but let's just recount. They don't even have to be like major moments, just some of the big Kevin Durant plays and memories you have. One of the first ones that always comes to my mind is in Indiana, his massive dunk over Roy Hibbert. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's funny. That, that I think one just Kevin has Durant, always stuck the shots. Um, the game winners. He had that game winner against the Mavericks. I can't even remember what year that was now, which is absurd. Um, I, uh, was that the Kevin Martin year? Oh, that might have been the year been. after. I can't remember, but yeah. I know what shot you're talking about. Um, Another one that sticks out to me is the and one three-pointer against Memphis yes. in the playoffs. I was going to say overtime. those Memphis playoffs – I mean, he just he shined. Uh, that was so fun to watch. Um, those, honestly, as much as we hate this series, those first three games, or sorry, those first uh, yeah three four games of um, the Golden State series in 2016, Kevin Durant was phenomenal. Um, yeah, the dogs on. agree. Yeah, the dogs ag- or disagree. One of the <laughs> they're booing you is what they're doing. Um, man, there's just there's so many Kevin Durant's memories and highlights that just you randomly think of and you're like oh my god like this guy was just he was so freaking insanely good that it it, I I don't want to crap on him on this podcast because we're calling him the best small forward in Thunder history but it just it makes you think like I honestly believe they would have got a title in Oklahoma City as they were maturing they were coming into their primes they started to to learn I, I see a lot of the Thunder and especially Kevin Durant in the last dance series up to the point where Michael Jordan couldn't beat Detroit. And so he spent that off season, like bulking up and getting ready and kind of taking the torch. It felt like Kevin Durant was supposed to do that with Oklahoma city. And instead he bailed. Um, but man, just what a, what an absolutely phenomenal player. I know for me, uh, thinking about him still kind of makes me mad and, and the way things went down and the exit and everything. But whenever we're 10, 15 years down the line and we look back, like there's going to be this massive appreciation for how great of a talent spent so long in Oklahoma city playing for this franchise, playing for this city. Um, it's, it's something that a lot of franchises don't get. And I, I right. think it's going to still going to take a while, but the thunder thunder will appreciate it. Well, and it put the thunder into position to succeed and to, uh, kind of cement themselves into the NBA, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's even though he kind of bailed and they didn't get every, anything for him on his, uh, his exit to golden state, just the, the culture that was set, the, the excellence that was set, putting the city on the map. Right. Um, you know, one moment that really sticks out to me that's not even a, a play is him sending a full-court pass to Kendrick Perkins to dunk the ball in the final seconds of Game 6 against San Antonio, throwing his arms in the air, and then as the timer's going down, seven 
six five. He walks over and hugs his mom and his brother courtside. Um, like they were kind of like the first family of Oklahoma City. You know, they they were royalty in a way. And just those memories and and how much winning they did kind of put this team on the map for future generations. Right. I agree. So, so all right, Taylor. Well, go ahead and tell the listeners one more time what your top five small forwards in Thunder history are. So number five, I uh, had Kyle Singler. Number four, I had Hamadou Diallo. Number three, I had Abdul Nader. Two, Paul George. And number one, Kevin Durant. Awesome. Yeah, and mine were number five, Perry Jones the third, four, uh, four Hamadou Diallo, three, Abdul Nader, two, Paul George, and three, Kevin or God, God, I'm not even good with numbers. <laughs> One, Kevin Durant. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed our list. Please let us know on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can hit Taylor up personally at Taylor underscore P15. I'm at Jacob Niffin. Let us know what you think of our list and how you change it if you would. If you haven't already, check out the power forwards and the centers top five in Thunder history. We've done them the past two weeks. If you just scroll back. Uh, in your podcast feed you will find them taylor any parting thoughts for our listeners before we hang up and get them out of here all right good talk taylor uh hey thank you guys so much for listening to the pod if you're a first time listener we appreciate you so much thanks for checking us out if you enjoyed this we're dropping pods during the uh the basketball shutdown every monday wednesday and friday morning Monday mornings are just kind of our random NBA overall talk. Tuesdays or Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, we're doing redrafts. And then Fridays, we're doing the top five at each position. So next week, you can expect shooting guards. It's going to be a fun one. We've got Harden. We've got Tabo. We've got Dre. We've got Shea. We've got the GOAT, Dion Waiters. It's going to be a blast. Next week's going to be so much fun. So make sure you tune into that. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you would be so kind to drop a five-star rating, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. It would make me feel good. You guys have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. I know Oklahoma is starting to open back up. Just please do so smartly. We want all of you guys to be healthy. Enjoy the weather. Get out and walk a little bit. We will be back with you Monday morning. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.